This is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker is brought to you with compliments of Discam Baby City. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's that time of the week again. The parenting show Bump and Beyond with me, Yolandi Becker. And this is the time where you can forget about all other things and focus on you and your child and parenting. And I am very excited about today's topic because it's something very, very close to my heart. We're going to be talking about sleep today and specifically not just any sleep. Obviously, you can speak about your own sleep, your older children's sleep, but I specifically want to talk about newborn sleep. Um, because it is a little bit different than other, um, or older babies sleep. Um, and it is also, I think, the hardest time when it comes to sleep because it's such an abrupt change that happens once your baby is born and getting used to everything with a newborn is hard. If add lack of sleep to it and Unfortunately, I, I don't think I have great news for you. There will be a period where you're not going to be sleeping. I'm not going to necessarily make it much better for you during this talk. But in the end of the day, it is important to know what is normal with regards to newborn sleep. And there is some things that could just change things, even if it's just your mindset with regards to it. Because unfortunately... I think that's one of the one things when you become a parent, oh, and I hated that, and people still do it, and I think I even do it with people where, when you're pregnant and people are like, oh, get ready for that period where you're not going to be sleeping, and, 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 and meanwhile, when you're full on pregnant, you're probably, especially in this heat and counting, you're probably not sleeping so well already. So your body is kind of preparing for it, um, already. As always, of course, I brought in the big guns to talk about that. But before that, I also want to remind you that I want you to be part of the conversation. So you can, of course, send us a telegram on 061-895-1019 if you have sleep-related questions or just sleep-related comments to say, hey, my baby's coming, I'm panicking, I'm, or I have a baby not sleeping, panicking, or <laughs> um, older child, Oh, adult not sleeping, panicking. You can please send all those messages to me. Um, and of course you can also SMS us on 34519. SMSs are charged at one rand fifty. But like I said, I have the experts here and my guest today is good night sleep consultant Janine Rutwig. Hello, Janine. Thank you for joining me today. Hi, Yolandi. Thank you for having me. Uh, for all of you who can't see her, I have to just mention that she looks very refreshed. So clearly she is sleeping. <laughs> yes, I am. I don't have newborns anymore. So luckily I am sleeping. <laughs> um, so, Janine, um, I was mentioning to everyone that um, obviously this is a, a, a topic very close to my heart as I am myself a sleep expert. But... It is also the reason for that, and I think this is the same reason for you, is I was for a very long time not sleeping, and actually getting my children to sleep is life-changing for me. <laughs> yes, for sure. But I think, you know, that's the thing with, with all the parenting information out there. There's so much information out there and things from parents and other parents, you know, friends and family and you kind of set yourself up for failure sometimes because you, you, you want to be perfect and you want to do it perfectly from the start. 
and there is no no such thing as a perfect parent. <laughs> Luckily, I I always mention this on my show where I say to parents, you don't also want to be a perfect parent. Imagine your parents were the perfect parents, and you had to live up to that standard. Oh my word, that is too much pressure to put on anyone. So just be an okay parent. <laughs> it's okay to be that. Um, but like you mentioned, that's obviously t- a tongue in cheek, but um, it is hard being a parent. And in the end of the day, a big reminder is that there's a combination of things that make parenting and a lot of choices are probably about a billion choices you're going to make as a parent along that journey. And no one has that same combination. And sometimes choices you make with regards to parenting is a choice. But unfortunately, it's not always a choice. But let's get to the topic at hand. Let's start with the question, Lanine, of what does newborn sleep look like? (laughs) Well, newborns do not have circadian rhythms yet. So our circadian rhythms, in other words, our body clock, which is mostly you know, regulated by our hormones, so by light and darkness um, and our hunger as well. So our metabolism is also part of that. But newborns do not have those sleep hormones yet. So that is why sometimes they do confuse day and night. Um, so it's very easy for them to do that. And, be, and they don't cycle in and out of deep sleep like we do yet. So that only generally happens after the age of three months. Um, so before that, you can expect night feedings. They should be feeding about every three to four hours until your clinicist or your ped says to you, you don't have to wake your baby for a feed. You want to make sure that they are feeding around every three to four hours and their sleep is regulated by, by that hunger. So most of the time they will wake up for a feed. Um, but there can be other reasons as well. Babies that have reflux, discomfort, anything else that may maybe being too hot or being too cold, things like that can also wake them up. Oh. And I mean, I always joke, and it's my favorite thing to say, and I'm so happy you didn't say it because then I get to say it one more time um, for the, the gazillionth time. The only consistent thing about a newborn is inconsistency. And um, I often get the question where parents are, asking, um, oh, my baby's only sleeping for 10 minutes for a nap or 30 minutes for a nap. And then the next nap, it's three hours. And um, they sleep really great during the day and they're waking up a lot at night and all those things. And in the end of the day, the reality, unfortunately, is is that with newborns, like Anine said, they don't have the hormones that regulate sleep. Um, they don't have that circadian rhythm yet. So with newborns, all those things are normal, unfortunately. The only consistent thing about a newborn is inconsistency. And it does go um, up and down in the beginning. But luckily, we are going to hopefully <laughs> assist you with some insights. Because I think for me, just that, where you were saying feeding or newborn sleep is regulated by hunger and feeding, is that's the first and foremost thing for me that's most important, is that that means that you want to focus on the feeding in the beginning because babies, newborns, not all babies, newborns who feed well, I can almost assure you will sleep well. Um, and your hormones actually, um, breastfeeding your, uh, I want to say hormones, your breast milk actually contains hormones 
to help them to sleep. So it's helpful to feed them to sleep in the beginning and those type of things because, yeah, again, your breast milk actually contains hormones to help them sleep because they don't have melatonin um, just yet. Um, the next question, and this is a very contentious, and I'm glad I'm going to not even going to answer it. You could answer it. <laughs> uh, and maybe we're going to have to go to an ad break just now, but what would you consider is sleeping through the night? Sleeping through the night, firstly, don't expect that as a new, for, as a newborn mom, because you're not going to have it for a while. Um, sleeping through the night means a baby, so a baby, a young baby needs around 11 to 12 hours of nighttime sleep. And for me, once they get to a, a, an age where if they're a healthy growing baby where they can sleep through, that is if they are linking their own sleep cycles, you are not having to respond to them. That to me is sleeping through the night. So often I will get clients that say, my baby is sleeping through through the night, I'm only feeding twice in the night. And I'm like, but that's not sleeping through. Um, so, yes, sleeping through is definitely something you can expect much later on, closer to a year. This is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker. is brought to you with compliments of Discam Baby City. If you've just joined me, yes, you are on the parenting show Bump and Beyond. And as always, we are talking to an expert about parenting. And today specifically, we're talking about newborn sleep with sleep consultant, good night sleep consultant, Janine Rutwig. Um, Janine, before we went to the break, you were mentioning what is sleeping through to you. And I mean, you also talked about the fact that if sometimes people tell you, oh, my child's sleeping through, I'm just waking up twice a night. And I mean, that for me is a very important message and something you should always ask as well other parents, because I remember the immense pressure I felt when my kids were, um, and I mean, also, it wasn't even pressure. It was also like failure I was feeling because I would go to these like mom classes and then people would tell me, oh, my baby's already sleeping through. It's so wonderful. And I'm like sitting there. It's like, how is this possible? I'm waking up so many times at night. How, how are their kids sleeping through? And then in with further investigation and then talking, I also had lots of these things where moms then say, oh, no, my baby's sleeping through, but I'm waking up twice a night for a feed or something like that. Uh, or I would find out that the babies go to bed at 10 and wake up at like 4 a.m. or something like that. But for them, that was a sufficient stretch of sleep. And I was like, sadly, there's like, that is not sufficient for me. I need more sleep. <laughs> and waking up twice a night was for me definitely not sleeping through. So um, for all intensive purposes for the rest of this conversation, if we talk about sleeping through the night, we are referring to putting your baby down at around 7 p.m., between 6 and 7 p.m., and then only waking up at around 6 to 7 the next morning. So that's, for me, sleeping through the night. Um, but Janine also mentioned to us that's not the case, unfortunately, with newborns. Um, so that brings to the next question. Um, before we talk about that specific thing is um, when does that sleeping through start? So, you know, I think often 
it's it's difficult because people talk about babies and they like they're expecting all babies to do the same things around the same age, but they are little individuals at the end of the day. Yeah. So you need to realize that your child is an individual and their their situation is also unique. So you can't expect your baby to do the same that another baby is doing. So if you are, but what we say is that if you're you have a healthy growing baby. They're picking up weight as they should be. So their growth curve is looking good. Um, they're having the nutritional needs they have need during the day. Then it is possible from around nine months, sometimes a little bit earlier for them to actually sleep through the night. Mm. But there are a lot of factors that can influence this. So if there are things in your daytime routine that's not right or nutritionally that's not correct, you can't expect your baby to sleep through and you know, it would be an individual thing. And sometimes I still need an early morning feed up to nine or 10 months. Oh, and I mean, it really is. And especially now I feel, and honestly, I have actually clients now um, where the babies are around seven months. And I feel like both those babies are actually able to go through the night, but I'm not pushing it just yet because it's also so incredibly hot in Gauteng at the moment. So it's very, just like us, when it's so extremely hot, it's quite normal to want to wake up and be thirsty and um, want a feed early morning. So um, I'm like I said, I mean, so yeah, I'm I'm not complaining about the heat. I want to say that officially, I did vow that I won't complain about it um, when it was so cold. Um, I'm just mentioning that it is actually it can actually cause that your baby might be a little bit thirsty early morning, even your toddler. So it's not uncommon, uh, not a milk feed for a toddler, I just have to mention that. Yes. But um, as you also mentioned, with newborns, this is not the case. Why is it not the case? Why do newborns still need to wake up at night? <laughs> because they are only having either breast milk or formula milk or both of them. Um, this is, they're not having a solid meal. And in saying this, also please do not feed your baby too early. You should always get the go-ahead from your peed first, but it is recommended only from six months of age. No. So don't think that if you give your baby porridge early, it's going to make them sleep longer. It's not. Um, but with breast milk and formula milk, it is, you know, the, the metabolism processes quite quickly. So they do get hungry quite quickly and all of their levels, their, their sugar levels, all of that needs to kind of stay constant for them to stay healthy and to, to make sure they are picking up enough weight. And their growth is also really, really fast in the first few months to a year. No. So they need a lot of calories and they can only take in small amounts of milk, especially in the beginning. Yeah, because their bellies are so tiny. Remember that. That's the smaller your baby's weight. And that's also something I, I, I know grandparents love to say that. It's like, oh, your baby is so big. So they must be hungry at night because they're so big. The opposite is actually true, to be honest. The bigger your baby and the bigger their weight, the bigger their stomach. So the capacity to take a feed. So they can take bigger feeds when they are bigger. And that's a problem with newborns is, is that their bellies, like Anine said, first of all, they're on a liquid diet, but their bellies are so small. So they can't take giant feeds to sustain them for long periods of time. And that's 
exactly again also with bigger babies once your baby is you know uh, at a certain age they can take a larger quantity of milk per feed which can sustain them even longer and also then once they start with solids around six months then of course that helps even more because that's digested a little bit slower the solid meals but now um it brings me to um, my next contentious. Oh, I'm putting you on the spot properly. Eh? <laughs> I mean, all the not so great questions <laughs> that we hate answering. <laughs> uh, because it is complicated and sleep is complicated. I think you've already hit the nail on the head is that the reality is, is that it's not always a clear cut answer. And, the reality is, is when we assist clients, we give them like a 12 page questionnaire to actually get to the bottom. So it's not just one thing or a couple of things, but on that note as well, if you've only just joined me, I am speaking to Janine Rutwig. She's a good night sleep consultant. And we're talking about specifically newborn sleep, sleep in general, um, how to get your child to get sleep. But we're, we're going to get to that, to the tips and of the tricks and trade that you can help a little bit. But we we want you to be part of the the conversation. So if you do have questions on sleep, um, it doesn't matter if it's a newborn or older, please do send us your questions on Telegram on 061-895-1019 or SMS us at 34519. SMSs are charged at 1 Rand 50. Um, then my the next contentious question, like I said to you, is what is – let's start with, first of all, what – do you see what is sleep training? <laughs> so sleep training it has gotten a very bad reputation. Um, but I think most of the time moms don't really understand it or people don't really understand it when they talk about it. Immediately when people mention sleep training, people immediately think, cry it out. I have to put my baby down, leave them to cry and not go back. And that is not what sleep training means to me. Um, there are many different methods of doing it and it does not necessarily have to involve cried out. So there's, you know, it's just about to me, sleep training means teaching my baby how to sleep a little bit more independently where they don't need you for rocking and patting and sucking and all those things. But when we talk about sleep training in the newborn phase, we, we won't recommend that. So we generally only say from about 16 weeks, they are ready to, to sleep train if the parents want to go that route. And then you can do it quite gently. But even from the beginning, you can start setting up bedtime routines and certain things that is going to teach your baby sleep associations. So good sleep association is bedtime routine doing things in the same order every night and doing them around the same time every night, that already teaches your baby a, a good relationship with sleep and it cues them that sleep is coming. Oh, and I mean, exactly that. And I mean, I love your answer with regards to that. And I think, like you said, I mean, even I remember in the past, I didn't even use the word sleep training when I spoke to people because I was so afraid of it. Um, for me, it was, and I've even <laughs> wrote a blog about this, about the fact that it's like Voldemort. You can't speak the word because it, it's got some kind of power over people. And I don't want to have that power over me um, or anyone. It shouldn't be because for me, sleep training are the methods we use 
to help children to sleep better um, and to link sleep cycles at night um, and to sleep, like you said, in more independently. doesn't mean completely independently. We all have sleep associations, but um, more independently. But I also love the fact that you mentioned um, – that there's other factors that also impact sleep. Like I said earlier, it takes a whole questionnaire of questions for us to figure out what's going on and then to work through these, what we refer to as building blocks of sleep. And those are often, I feel, even though they're easier to implement, people think they're not important just because they are easier. Things like you said, the bedtime routine, and it's so important. I mean, my number one thing is if someone would ask me what is something that I need to have in place, I would say a bedtime routine that is not too long and not too late is the single most important thing for me that you should have in place because that makes a huge difference. Yes. But um, but then as well, um, as we mentioned earlier, newborn sleep is regulated by hunger. So nutrition, obviously, the smaller your baby is, I feel the bigger the impact of nutrition on their sleep. Um be, because I also feel that it doesn't necessarily, yo, it's not really in your control necessarily because like we said, the baby's belly is so small. How are they going to stretch longer? So there's not much you could do about it. You are going to have to get up and feed them. And yeah. that's why it's helpful to have your baby relatively close to you at night because they are going to wake up to feed um, because it's easy to do that transfer, but then also things like um, having a routine and schedule during the day can be helpful to improve the sleep. Um, and also something that is very underrated, I feel is environmental factors that people again, um, even though I feel before a baby comes, this is one of the things people, people focus the most on is creating the baby room yet even though this is the sleeping space, I feel people don't do it well. Yes, no, I agree. And I, I think sometimes it's more about getting that perfect Pinterest nursery and then one year down the line, baby hasn't slept in their room once. <laughs> <laughs> that we have a lot. I often tell people that if they're like the baby's decision, I was like, you have this beautiful room. Can we please start using it? <laughs> Yes, exactly. Um, but yes, let's talk a little bit about those environmental factors. What for you environmentally is the most important thing to implement? From what, what you can implement from the start, maybe. Well, I think most importantly, as sleep consultants, we we talk about safety first. So making sure that your baby's sleep environment is safe is the most important. And that means... So we talk about the A, B, C of sleep, and that's alone in the cot on their back. So alone on their back in their cot. And that is the A, B, C of safe sleep. If you want to do co-sleeping, which is very helpful when you are breastfeeding and when they need to feed during the night, please do use something like a co-sleeper where you can have baby next to your bed, but they're still in the same sleep space as you, but they have their own little section so that they can't go under your duvet or mom or dad can't roll onto them because you also don't sleep well when they're in the bed with you. And unfortunately, it isn't safe and things like SIDS do happen and can happen up until the age of one year. And a lot of the times, this is environmental. Um, it is a blanket getting over babies 
face or, or something like that happening. So we want to make sure that that sleep environment is safe. And then secondly, the, the next most important thing for me is to have a calm sleep environment. You know, once babies' sleep hormones are developing and they can distinguish between light and dark, then you want to start letting them nap in a dark room. When it's bedtime routine, have the lights dim. Um, have a calming environment in terms of sound, in terms of texture. You want to look at the materials you're using during bedtime routine. What are you dressing your baby in? Make sure you don't dress them too hot or too cold because they also can't regulate temperature. So they they get uncomfortable from this very quickly. No, and I mean that's I, I love that, and in the end, that's also so important. And again. Easy to implement. These are not the rocket science type of things. These are easy things to implement and can make, honestly, a huge difference. I've helped a client where the baby was waking up like eight times a night and we couldn't immediately start with all the things to implement it. And I just went from, um, the only thing we implemented is like, I'm like, you can't not do anything. We need to start helping because the baby was sick. And then I said, just start putting the light off at least. And the baby went from eight times waking to three times waking. I mean, that's a significant less than half the time the, the baby was waking up just from putting the light off at night yeah. and making it as dark as possible at nighttime for sleep. Babies spend a significant of time, amount of time in active REM sleep. And often during these REM phases, about a third of the night, early morning, even a bigger part of their sleep is this active sleep. And if they, what do you call it, um, they sometimes open their eyes also during this REM sleep stage. And when they open their eyes, you don't want them to be distracted by a mobile or toys in the cot or things like that. You want them to, in all honesty, feel like their eyes are still closed. And that's why you want it to be as dark as possible. So that, I feel, is also... Second thing, most important, bedtime routine and making it as dark as possible. And I mean, maybe second thing should be safe. Maybe first thing should be safety <laughs> because that is, like you said, it is really. And again, with all the products out there um, available for sleeping and in cots and stuff like that, the way you, when you look at these Pinterest pictures, sometimes my first instinct is like, well, that's not safe for a baby <laughs> because there's cart bumpers in it. There's lots of toys in it. There's mobiles in it. And all those things are dangerous in the cot environment. So you don't want those type of things in. You want free flowing air within the cot environment as well. Um, in all honesty, I think cot bumpers were invented because babies do move around quite a lot in their sleep. So I understand the aspect of it, but your baby is not that strong. And they're also, they don't roll that aggressively. They, I, I can tell you they will get used to it and they're not going to do it all the time. Um, so please remove all the cot bumpers. Sorry to say, I know that it looks very beautiful, but it is not a safe thing. And later on, they can also use it as leverage to get out of the cot area. Great. Um, we are very, very surely running out of time. <laughs> this is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker is brought to you with compliments of Discam Baby City. Yes, we are almost done with our show already again today. And we've been talking about newborn sleep with Goodnight Sleep Consultant Janine Rutwig. 
we just before the break, she was mentioning a lot of things already about helpful tips, how to get babies to sleep. But again, Janine, let's focus a little bit more, even though all those things we mentioned, um, you can, of course, already implement with a newborn as well. Um, if you've missed those things, Remember that you can listen to this podcast. Um, it will be available um, online um, afterwards. So this and all our other shows. So Janine, what is your top tips for helping newborns sleep better? So I think firstly, just for parents to have realistic expectations, because if you don't, you are setting yourself up for failure. Sometimes you're going to get a friend whose baby's sleeping for three hours and yours is not going to do that because it's not always normal. And as you said before as well, inconsistency is the only consistent thing about a newborn. So don't try not compare yourself and your baby to others. Um, have realistic expectations. And then we have a lot of free information on our um, social media pages. So our Instagram, our goodnight Instagram and Facebook pages, as well as on TikTok, there's a lot of information there that you, free information that you can go and have a look at to try and do the correct things. But for my top tips, I would say embrace swaddling. Um, often parents say babies do not like to be swaddled. And I was one of those parents until I learned later on that it takes a newborn about 10 minutes to process something. So it looks like they do not want it in the beginning, but if you persevere, it is a very, very helpful tool. And also noting that once they can start rolling, you need to, to transition them out the swaddle and then shushing. So either you shushing if they, if they're not happy, if they don't want to sleep with them in the swaddle, or you can use a white noise machine. Um, and then sucking a newborn wants to suck. So that's either going to be a pacifier or feeding. And that is a very calming thing for them. And they actually need that to sleep. So for me, I would say that those are my top tips to help your, your newborn sleep. well. Janine, that was amazing. And so helpful, I think as well, especially with regards to managing people's expectations with regards to newborn sleep. Before you go, please just let people know where can they find you? So they are welcome to email me on Janine at goodnightbaby.co.za. That's J-A-N-I-N-E. Or they are welcome to reach out to us on our social media as well. But they have, they are more than happy for them to send me a WhatsApp as well on 082-885-9097. Great. Thank you so much, Janine, for joining me. I had, I of course loved talking about sleep with you. Have a nice day. Thanks.